Hey, before we even get started, I really I want to talk to the realists that are listening. Yo, if you consider yourself a realist, dog, take a break. Take a break. I want to let you know now. This book, this is a little bit outside of reality. I mean, reality ain't that fun all the time, but take a break. Just take a break until the end of this series, okay? Until when we're in with when we're done with this book, you could go back to all your realism and all of your reality-based beliefs. I mean, let's bro, let's let's get a little imaginative here, okay? Thank you. Not that I would know from personal experience, but I hear reading while driving is kind of dangerous, and that's why I love using Audible so much. So I thought it would be great to bring that value to you. All you have to do is go to the link in the show notes for Audible, sign up for the free trial. You get a book for the free. Just for signing up. No commitments or anything like that. I thought that would just be cool. Tell them Austin sent you. And shout out to my man, Cafo the Sensei, for making this beautiful song called I Could Feel It In My Spirit off of his album, Today I Found Peace. us. My name is Jabril Edmondson. And I'm Deshaun Gilchrist. And with Royalty Headwear, we wanted to create convenient and functional products that actually improve hair care and hair health. That's right. Health is very important to us. So with the products that we give you guys, we want to include hair healthy recipes that both nourish the inside of your body while making the outside look great. So right now we have our two products. And with those two products, we wanted to improve on three things. Convenience, compression, and comfort. With our first product, the Royalty Rag, it's the first one-strap do-rag. Velcro on the strap made of a soft spandex for maximum convenience, compression, and comfort. And with our second product, the Royalty Cap, we've created a sleep design on a wave cap that comes with an elastic band to make sure you guys have both security and comfort. Your hair is an integral part of your look. Wear it, respect it, and let us care Care for your crown. Yo, I'm Austin Sanders, and this is Polyonymous Podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking about a book that I really like and how it influenced my thoughts. Let me warn you now, with each book, I'm going to get a little smarter. And you are too, because that's just how reading works. So... Chapter four of The Secret is entitled Powerful Processes about the process of visualization. Uh, Chapter five is entitled The Secret to Money. And chapter six is The Secret to Relationships. But I really want to focus mostly on chapter four and the process of visualization because that really sets the tone for everything else they're talking about. You really just plug and play at that point. On page 82, they brought up the process of visualization by a time where they took Olympic athletes, and instead of having them physically trained for their events, they had them sit down and mentally win their races, win their events, right? And when they were visualizing, they made sure to tell them they visualized the feeling of winning. If they if they were running, to visualize how their stride would be, how their gait would be, to visualize what they would see as they passed other runners, how they felt, how their muscles would feel, how their brain would feel, how their heart would feel. 
and they they hooked them up to some kind of sensors that that measured the, the responses in their muscles as they did this in the book they said that the same muscles that were used in the race were, were firing off as they did these visualizations what this made me think about was how everything before it existed in the material world it existed in the mind this book shoot whatever, whatever you're listening to this podcast on this podcast like when you turn on the podcast and you and you hear the intro you hear that door open the way it opens like everything that you hear it's almost like you stepped into my mind because all this was given birth to in my imagination at first right everything lives in the imagination and then it comes into the physical world and that's what they were trying to harness when they had these olympic runners and these olympic athletes visualizing success before they actually went out and tried to go get success in the material world since i have a football background i remember the emphasis that coaches would put on put on the players that weren't like getting reps in so when we were doing one-on-ones if you weren't in at the time like maybe you was the second team and first team was in at this time they would always emphasize to get mental reps they would always emphasize make sure that you pay attention and if you see someone make a mistake make sure that you are imagining what you would do in that situation and i took it to heart like when i seen i played off as a tackle when i seen somebody line up and go against a defensive end i would move my body the way i would if i was actually in the rep so if i seen somebody about to go inside i would move my body not exactly the way i would if i was actually playing but like if I was going to shoot my right hand, like if I was going to use my right hand and, and shoot it out at somebody, my arm would flex. At the time, I would do it. I would imagine it in my mind. I would think, oh, right there. That's exactly where I would do it. Oh, right here. That's exactly where I would do it. And that made me think about the commonality that I hear from a lot of these athletes. You hear from like Conor McGregor, John Jones, Will Smith. Like you hear from a lot of different people in various fields where they'll make the point of saying I don't think about losing losing does not cross my mind I do not I don't picture losing I only think about winning Floyd Mayweather says it all the time I only think about winning losing doesn't even cross my mind I don't I don't picture what I would do if I lost or anything he always made the point of saying I only visualize winning and this whole book seems to be about the power of the mind and what the mind is capable of and what the mind can get and i'm thinking visualization seems like it seems like you're creating the road before you get there because there was an analogy in this book about faith and it was basically saying like picture a car and picture it driving at night like picture yourself driving at night and you have the headlights on they said when you have the headlights on about maybe 200 feet in front of you is illuminated by the light of the headlights you don't even know what's in what's ahead of that you can turn on the high beams and maybe get a little bit more but you don't know the entire way like you you don't you can't see what's all the way in front of you especially if you own like one of them dark country roads or one of those less illuminated roads but you have faith that with the amount that you can see you can keep going forward they said that you being able to only see 200 feet in front of you, in front of your car, you could drive from California to New York. And they said life unfolds in a very similar manner. Made a lot of sense when I thought about it in visualization terms. That could help us create the unknown. That could help us at least get ready for what we don't know.
matter of fact, now that I think about it, I could see two times, I could see two distinct times where I saw visualization become actuality in my life. So I remember in high school, I think maybe ninth grade, I just knew less at that point, of course. And I remember seeing people with locks, like dreadlocks. And I always thought they looked so majestic and strong. I just thought they looked cool. And in my mind, I thought that, I just thought some people's hair just naturally grew that way. And I just remember thinking, man, lucky them. And then I remember uh, talking to my mom and I was just telling her how I thought, you know, they like people were so lucky that their hair just grew in long, graceful locks like that. And she looked at me, she said, Austin, the hair don't grow like that. I said, word, what you mean? And she said, Austin, they, they have that done. Like they hair grow like yours. They just get it twisted and it locks. That's like, that's the process. And I said, word, are you, are you saying that, are you saying that I could do this? Oh my goodness. So I'm excited. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely about to get on that. But she shut that down. She's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're not going to do that when you live with me. So I thought about, okay, as soon as I get up at the crib, yeah, I'm locking, I'm locking them boys up. But not only that, since I was playing football, you know, you're always looking ahead to see like the people that are better than you so that you can see what you have to aspire to. So I was looking at like college football players or college offensive linemen specifically in college and NFL offensive linemen. And I saw the way they were built and they was really built like units, like, like tanks, like they were big and they were strong, like they were swole. And I remember I would always envision myself looking the part, like looking that way. And I, I think to myself, you know, I'm gonna look like this when I get to this level. Like when I get to this level, I'm going, I'm going to be able to see like some vascularity. I, when I get to this level, I'm going to be able to do pull-ups. When I get to this level, I'm going to be able to do all this. I'm, I'm going to weigh about this much. I'm going to be like 290, but be able to move like this. And honestly, I didn't even think about it until I was just about leaving college. But the exact way I looked when I was playing football in college, I created that image in high school. And then shoot, the way I look now, I'm a lot smaller, I'm a lot slimmer. That is the image that I created in my mind in college when I seen the effect like being like being large has on your knees when you always have so much pressure, when you're doing so much squatting and all that. So each time I set the path, at least physically, and then I achieved it later, my body naturally followed that path and my actions followed the thing that I was aspiring towards. That was a positive example, but Recently, I, I've actually had a negative example, and it was interesting because it happened as I was like reading this book for the first time, because this is like my second go around doing this episode, really. So job I had at the time was property management, right? So those are the people that like manage the house. Like if you buy a house and you wanted to make money, you want to rent it out to people, you can hire a property manager. And they'll basically, depending on what kind of property management company it is, they'll handle the, the maintenance, the, the repairs, the turnover all that good stuff, handle the tenants, um, tenant screen and all that. That's what we did. And specifically I would go into homes when people moved out and I would, I would look around and make a list of what needed to be repaired to make the place inhabitable again, or make the place look good again to attract, you know, attract demand so that people want to live there. And there was this one house. It was a really, really nice house. It was beautiful. And something for some reason, it seemed like the, uh, the people before, that had recently moved out. They kept talking about rodents and stuff, but we didn't see any signs of them. So we thought they was just tripping. Cause sometimes people be lying, you know? Some people, sometimes people just be saying stuff. 
but I remember going in there one time. I went in there with the owner of the company. In one room, on one side of the house, there was like the toilet paper was just rolled out. Like it was, it was rolled all the way out of the bathroom into the bedroom because it was like a master bathroom. And I just thought that was weird. You know, I didn't think anything of it. I just saw the toilet paper rolled all the way out, and I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. It, it, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. But then we, you know, we're, we're looking around in the house, and I see like bunches of toilet paper in certain corners of the rooms. And you know, I lift the toilet paper up, and I see like some of the carpet is um, torn up. So I just assumed they, they put some toilet paper over some of the damages to the carpet so they wouldn't get charged. I didn't think anything of it. So, you know, we, we, we moving around, moving and grooving and all that. And I open a closet up and I see like a bunch of toilet paper. Like it's a bunch of toilet paper on the floor of the closet. And I just think that's the oddest thing. I'm like, huh, that's strange. And, you know, I'm looking around. I didn't think too much of it, but my uh, the, the owner of the company at the time, he, he's looking at it and he's like, he's flashing his light in there, like the light of his phone. And he's like, you know, it looked like, I don't know, it's something. I don't know it's something it looked like something's in here and i was like word and he kind of threw something in there and nothing happened so you know he was about to like put his foot in there i said whoa whoa, whoa. stop right there let's poke it with a stick luckily you know i keep some sticks in my car sometimes you know it'll be dogs around or something you know you gotta battle you gotta battle nature sometime so i run to my car i go get i go get a stick and i come back i just poke the toilet paper with the stick and it yo as soon as I placed this stick in the toilet paper, it was a rat explosion. It was an explosion of rats. Like, I mean, it was a lot of them. I had never seen this. This was, this was a rat infestation. This was my first time witnessing a rat infestation. And you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's not too many times my body has taken over for me. But yo, my body, hit a James Harden step back across the room. I didn't do this. My body said, yo, we gots to get some distance. The owner, the owner dude did too, right? So we both on the other side of the room and I just, I, I had never seen this many rats before. Cause some of them was young and then some, but some of them was very well fed and they was brolic. They were swole, they were swoleoli. I mean, they were strong. And I said, you know, my whole body is shivering right now. I, I never felt like this before. <laughs> we had to get up out of there, so I kind of cleared away with the sticks and all that because the owner, he was, he was a little done at the time, but that's okay because I was almost done. I was I was like almost done, but I wasn't done. So cleared a little way. We got up out of there because that was, that, was, that was alarming. It seems like that experience, for some reason, like I, I just reflected on it a bunch because I had just never seen that many rats at one time, right? So it seemed like after that, after that happened, I just started hearing so much more about rats. I mean, a bunch of tenants was calling about rodents. A bunch of tenants was calling about all that. And yo, after you, after you uh, finish listening to this episode, hey, bro, stop thinking about it. And I'm gonna tell you why. So. Like people was calling about, I'm not even going to get into all the stories because I don't want it to stick in your head neither. It was almost like some fantasy kind of stuff, like the kind of things that was happening. It sounded like movie stuff. I ended up like setting some traps for some of the rats, caught some of them, but you know, rats are smart. Apparently, apparently they pretty smart, man. So when they see one of their homies like perish, yo, they don't fall for the same thing no more, bro. You have to hit a, 
you have to get another strategy going. Like I was dealing with that so much and I was thinking about it because I was learning so much about handling rats at this time. I had never, I had never really uh, seen any rats in person before this job. So I was thinking about all the different ways that you got to like defend against them. It was almost like a, um, a cause and effect. Like the rats would get a little bit at surviving. So they come out with a different poison and the rats would learn how to get away from that. So they come out with a different trap. And that's all I was thinking. And then I get home one day after doing all this for like some weeks. Cause we, I mean, we were dealing with rats for a little while. Like it was a minute. It might have been like a month or two. Like it was a couple of them. No, no, it was really. I think it was one. Like this rat was like this was the neo of rats. This dude didn't die. I mean, it didn't matter the traps. It didn't matter the, the treatment. Hey, this dude was good at surviving. But I remember getting home one day, and I opened my I opened my room door. Rat comes sprinting out, and I said, Oh my goodness they come to my home i was i was about to get into a certain mode but then i then i stopped and i thought about it and i was like you know what i've been thinking about rats for such a long time i've been thinking about them and in the back of my mind i was thinking dang but what if they come to me like what i'm gonna do if, if these rats get here like what how i'm gonna handle that Shoot, am i gonna be able to sleep soundly if, like especially if i hear them you know moving around moving and grooving uh chewing through stuff doing all that because they be pretty obnoxious a lot of the time and all this all this mental energy all this visualization of the what ifs brought them to reality at least hey it could it might not be that deep <laughs> i understand like i acknowledge I might be just tripping and making things up because I'm reading a specific book, but made sense in my mind. So I started visualizing me catching the rat. I started visualizing there's only that one rat. I, I visualized there's only that one. And once I catch it, there's no more, like I won't have to worry about it anymore. All right. Ended up catching it. Learned a lot about a lot at that time. But at, after that happened, I, I really try to be very intentional about what I lend my strong imaginative power to. I, I, I'm not really trying to imagine things I don't want anymore. Cause I mean, that's a waste of such a powerful tool. Everything exists in the imagination and then you go and bring it to the physical. Everything that's ever been. I mean, I, sometimes I think like, imagine how, how wild it was to pitch the idea for Google. Like before there was any search engine or shoot, maybe there was a search engine before Google, but imagine having to pitch the first search engine. Like think about how hard it was for people to, to wrap their heads around that. Think about how hard it was for the right, right brothers to say, Hey, yo, we finna fly, right? That's the invention of everything. That's how everything happens. People don't see the vision and then you bring the vision to the physical. And now people can literally see the vision. It can't be denied anymore. I think that's powerful. And before I go, I'd like to say thank you for listening. But more importantly, I want to say that you should do the reading yourself. I make this thing sound fun because I'm blessed with spectacular vernacular, but when you do the reading yourself and put the information into your own words, it's like taking ownership over the knowledge. And there's nothing more important than having your own understanding. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to. And if you'd like to help the podcast grow, send this episode to someone you think will appreciate it. And go to our affiliate link 
in the show notes and buy the book. Shout out to Willie F1 for making this beat for me. I appreciate you, brother. This show was recorded and edited by me, Austin Sanders, the Oracle Orator, the Corduroy's Cavalier, the Epiphany Enabler, right here in Warner Robins, Georgia. You can follow the show at Polyonymous Pod, and don't even worry about it. I know it's a big word, but hold on, we're going to walk through this. So you take the word anonymous, you take off the A-N and replace it with poly. So P-O-L-Y-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S pod. And there you go. I want to give a special shout out to my brother, GFM Dutto, for providing the opening and closing songs used on this podcast. The opening song is called Grande, and the closing song is called Purpose. Both are on his latest album, Since Roosevelt, out everywhere you can listen to music. And I personally think you should listen to it, because Buddy be rapping his ass up. You can follow him on the socials at GFM CEO underscore Dutto. And that's D-U-T-T-O. If no one's told you already, let me be the first. At this very moment, you're already everything that you need to be. And I'm going to tell you, just like a Tribe Called Quest told me, stay based in them slates. And that means peace. See you later.